Welcome to Business in the Front. Party in the Back Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I am Lauren. And welcome to today's show. We are two real women. <laughs> I don't know why I added real. I didn't write that in, the, in my comment here. <laughs> two women hanging out, chatting about life, basically, as we navigate through life, really. Yeah. Well done. And that is uh, very correct. Today, the podcast, Lauren, is brought to you by my business. I'm Michelle R. Price, the light worker on Facebook. I'm Michelle R. Price on most other social media sites, including Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Now, I am a mentor. I do help people discover and develop their gifts. I teach Reiki. I'm a Reiki master. I also do readings one-on-one and healings. I do a reading-healing combo. We also, from time to time, do little um, you know, Facebook Lives and things on different pages and on my page as well and joint ones, which are really fun. So if you feel like you like to know more about any of those things, my details are in the show notes, but you can go to Michelle Price Lightworker on Facebook as well. Now, the theme for today is um, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. Now, Lauren, this is a little bit of a controversial one, and we don't want to get too much into the controversy of this, but it's kind of hard not to. I know sometimes I see people put up posts, you know, are you going to vaccinate or not? Yes or no? And then, you know, I put up no, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and everyone's kind of at you, and, oh, you're going to get vaccinated. What are you doing, you crazy lady? So I just thought this might be a good one because we've got uh, COVID and stuff sort of happening and that rollout of that vaccine. So I just thought it might be a good time to, you know, have a chat about that, see what we think about that. And you and I haven't really discussed this as, you know, a pair, you know, in terms of whether we would or wouldn't do it. So I just thought it might be a good one to um, touch on this week. Are we experts as well? No, we are not. So we are just letting you know at home that our conversation today is just based on our own opinion. Obviously, we do record our episodes a little bit in advance as well. So there is a chance that information may have changed since this episode went to air or um, in the time before this episode went to air. So I just say that, you know, We're having a discussion because it's a current event and it's interesting to talk about this stuff, but we are not health professionals. We are not giving any health advice and, you know, full insert disclaimer here, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Well said. Well said. So we like to chat, Lauren, about our week and what we've been up to and things like that. Is there anything that you've been up to? Any sort of big takeaways for you? Achievements, that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess like it's interesting because I noticed that I think that sometimes when you're building your own business, it can be a grind sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel that with my business, I love everything I do. I love the one-on-one clients that I'm getting, which is awesome. So uh, if people are interested, they can just contact me in the show notes. But um One of the things that I realized as well is that it's really important for me, and this is part of what I'm doing today, to take a bit of an inventory again to just kind of assess. I know we did a um, a whole episode before on Midview Review. I'm kind of doing that like today as well, just to Uh kind of remind myself about where I'm at and stuff like that and um, use the time management system I have to really kind of nut out where I want to go and like how I'm going to get there. Because I think that sometimes we can go through the motions and then we get to a day and we're going, all right, what's my number one priority today? Or what should I be focusing on? Or what do I want to do? You know, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we go through the motion and it's easy for us to be reactive in our business as opposed to being proactive or as opposed to 
you know, kind of ensuring that we're taking the steps to get to our vision. Yep. So that's a big part about what I'm doing. And I, I just think that I kind of realized that a little bit yesterday um, that I've been working on a lot of projects that are bringing me income now and that uh, the projects that I've been looking at bringing me income kind of ongoing have sort of been put to the side to kind of make room for the things that are more reactive now. But it's really important as well that that I prioritize so that I'm doing both. Um, yeah or saying no to stuff, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like super vague. You know, when somebody puts on Facebook and they're like, um, oh, it's just the worst day ever. And then, then that's all they put. And everyone mm. goes, what's, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. It's called vague looking, right? Yeah. I don't have Facebook for personal any, anymore, but I remember people used to do that. So I'm not trying to say that with my statement. I guess I'm just kind of more saying that. I guess I'm in a bit of a re- place and you know I'm coming up to almost a year running my business sort of more more or less full-time and it's important to evaluate make sure that everything that I'm doing is bringing me joy that I'm doing things in an efficient way and I guess one of the things that I haven't been doing lately is uh, since January I kind of got out of the habit of doing my Facebook lives every week on um, Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that. I I was doing them really consistently. And and I do notice that one of the reasons for that is because I'm doing a lot of my own solo episodes on my podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, but I guess it's just important to kind of continue to show up for people and and be there. So it's just kind of reevaluating where I'm at at the moment, looking at my schedule and things and really encourage anyone to sometimes take time to do that. Cause it's really easy to put our head down and just be reactive and just work on the things right now. But it's pretty hard to like really bring forth, you know, big changes if you're not moving in that direction, even if it's slowly. Yep. Absolutely agree. I saw a really great movie called Nomad Land. It's, oh, what's that um, one about? Francis I haven't heard of McDermott. it. It's with Francis McDermott. It's basically about a woman who um, her husband has passed and she uh, is a low-income earner and um, she basically travels around the U.S. and and does odd jobs. And it was it – was, I, I wrote my family a message and I said, this is exquisite. <laughs> It was such a beautiful, moving, mesmerizing film. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If someone at home or if you, Michelle, are looking for a really great movie, it's definitely one that it's one of those movies that nurtures the soul, you know? The other thing I wanted to say, and this is a bit pop culture-y, but uh, maybe you can get on board. I watched the Oprah interview with Meghan Markle and Harry. Yeah, I was watching all the highlights of it. I haven't seen it from beginning to end. It's two hours long, Lauren. It's an hour 25 only. Oh, all the print TV. Everyone oh, it's two hours, oh, but... I'd seen maybe. Yeah, but the actual running time is an hour and 25 from the one that I found. I have a VPN, so that means that I can make it look like I'm in the US. So I made it look like... So I streamed it from CBS, and that was where I was able to watch it, but... Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was great. And um, I, I think the main thing is that there's always two sides to every story with everything. And um, everyone has their own perspectives, obviously. So that's that's definitely worth noting. But yeah, I think it's brave for them to speak their truth. And I really liked it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend of mine on Facebook going, 
hands up everyone who is really sick of hearing about Megan and Harry. And I was just like, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I'm not going to comment because I love it. I'm like, throw more at me. I love it. Not I so love it so much. I just love the Royals. I love the Royals. I love Megan and Harry. Like I love Megan Markle. I just think she's so intelligent and mm. um, articulate and kind. And um, yeah, I just really, really like her. And so I don't like reading people's hate comments about them, but I did like reading the stories and mm. um, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating. I don't really pay much attention to a lot of news and I've sort of implied that in previous episodes. Um, although, you know, for our conversation today, probably should have done some more reading, but um, yeah, I do like that. It's a little bit of a, I don't know, guilty pleasure in a way. Yeah, I do. I was sort of thinking as I was watching the highlights reel that I saw, that maybe this was a lesson for Megan um, in the royal family. You know how you get triggered and things happen and, you know, all of that. And I just kind of wonder, I'm wondering, I mean, you know, she made her own decision, so it's not really up to me anyway, but I wonder whether it was the right decision to step out and sort of speak out against the royal family and do what she's done only because um, maybe this was a lesson for her to kind of, um, you know, sort of settle this within you know, that family and within that country, because now it's like a war between, you know, the States and Britain and everyone's like, you know, she's come over to America now. So she's like favoring the States and, you know, I all the British tabloids. The are, hey? I think you need to watch the whole thing before. I, I'd be interested if you watch the whole thing, what you really, what you think based on that. Okay. Cause, yeah. yeah. Cause um, she gives a lot of context on stuff. Okay. A lot. Yeah. And it's just, whole different picture so she asked for example for support and yeah no i saw that in the highlights for years yeah. and years and years did you know yeah. that they took her driver's like license because they haven't passed for and then two years or something no, they've been together over four years and, and married so for two? is it married for two i think something like that yeah. but they uh, she asked for mental home. health support they wouldn't mm. give it to her they, um she asked to go out for lunch with her friends they wouldn't let her leave like stuff like that and mm. so they tried for a long time um, to get support and to have these conversations, but it wasn't happening. So yeah. I'm just saying that they did do all that. But the fact that the whole, you know, consistent story from them mm. is basically that when they're continuously being slandered in the media, all these lies are being told about them. Not once did the PR team, they call them the comms team, not once did the comms team defend them, set the record straight, none of that kind of stuff. They never had their back. Um, so it was, it was just things like that, that it just mm -hmm. seems to me that all the discussions that they had tried to have that, um, there was one reference to that, um, the queen was blindsided by their announcement, but the fact is that they had told them numerous times that they were going to do it and on the, on the date and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. like none of that was true. So mm -hmm. It just goes to show that, you know, a lot of people skew the news to, um, for clickbait, to have better um, page views, um, to create a story. You know, she even made reference to the fact that a story um, that they, they put out near her wedding about her dad, that they had had that story for weeks and weeks and weeks and just waited to create controversy right before her wedding. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of stuff around that that but the media has um, always been like that i mean that's not not a new thing so yeah and that's true my feeling and is, i yeah 
I just think she seemed brave speaking her truth yeah. because she had been, and it was very interesting. She had been silent, silenced for so long. And Oprah said, were you silent or were you silenced? And the answer was she was silenced. Yeah, that's so, typical though. That's the royal family. It's a stiff upper lip. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know, it would have been hard for her to work it out with the royal family. That's mm. what I'm trying to say. It yeah, was, I, I do think though, Lauren, that she must have gone in with her eyes open. I mean, you know, she's, we're well aware of what happened to Princess Di. Like everyone knows that story. Um, Kate Middleton struggled. You know, Kate and Wills had a break before they got married and, you know, it was very tentative as to whether or not they were actually going to continue their relationship. So, you know, we've been through that with all of the wives and it's like no real surprise. Like I, I kind of was worried about when she went in, um, mainly because there was a psychic prediction that the marriage wasn't going to last beyond two kids. There was a psychic that predicted two kids, but it wouldn't last much beyond that. So I was a bit worried about Harry in that respect anyway. Um, not that you believe all of that sort of stuff, but um, I'm in this realm, so I pay attention to that. But um yeah, I just sort of think, well, we've, we've seen this before. It's not the first time. You know, we know that um, the results of the other wives that have gone through this. So, yeah, I guess I'm just sort of thinking, well, what was, what was she thinking it was going to be like? You know, it's just a, a bit funny. And I also think that you don't always have to retaliate. I mean, the media is always going to print stuff that isn't true. And um, people sometimes take it to the next level, like Rebel Wilson, but other people just kind of leave it and just go, well, you know, whatever you want to talk about, it doesn't really worry me. You know, just don't, don't read it, I guess. But it depends on she what it is. She didn't read it. She wasn't reading it. Well, why was she retaliating was or wanting to respond? Um, because it was, it was relent, relentless. And she finally was in a position where she felt comfortable um, in her mental health to be able to speak her truth. And she hadn't been able to do that for so long. Like she was suicidal. Yeah, yeah, well. she said that. But so why would she, if she wasn't reading it, why would she care if she wasn't reading the story? Because she was constantly being inundated from her friends saying all these things were being told about her being untruth. I think of the big catalyst for it was because... Um, they weren't going to give her son any security. So now it became about like her wanting to make sure that he was taken care of, like all these mm. sort of things. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, you never really know somebody's full thing, but um, the fact is that she couldn't speak her truth for so long and now mm. she was able to. And now I don't know. I read a comment about someone that they now feel lighter, like feel more free that they were able to say their part. Mm. so and they never said names they were very like she was very diplomatic well, and yeah that was a big argument about the claim about racism and then not naming names it's like well you're tarring everyone with the same brush and you know the sad thing is harry's distant now from his dad and also from his brother and the family and before megan came along um you know you would have to argue that the brothers were very very close so that's i think that's a shame um as well that this has sort of caused a rift but you know, they've got to do their own thing. And I just think it's a bit naive. Um, and that's just my opinion. I think it's a bit naive to think that you would be able to say whatever you want when you're going into the British Royal family, because that's the um, stiff upper lip. That's what they're known for. So yeah, I just think it's a little bit more research maybe required into that. Anyway, that caused a lot of controversy, didn't it? So is there anything <laughs> else going on that you wanted to mention before I jump into my week? No, clearly I've had a big week. The Royal family and yeah. I'm 
It's a big deal. I'm big managing my business again. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, just, yeah, a couple of things I wanted to mention was um, I've had some dropouts in my Reiki mentorship. So similar to you running my own business, you know, there's ups and downs. And I feel like there's been this big spiritual shift ever since kind of early this year where people have been really struggling if you're a little bit spiritual, and a little bit open. It's been very, very challenging. And I've actually had some people request lately if I do like life coaching. Um, I've had a couple of clients ask if I can do life coaching and stuff like that. And I guess do a little bit, I'm not a life coach by any stretch, but I do a little bit of that in my readings and get guidance from spirit. And some of my mentorship sessions kind of tend to turn into that sometimes. So I've been accepting those requests. So we'll just see where that goes. Um, but yeah, the people are sort of uh, struggling. Uh, a lot of my spiritual clients are really struggling at the moment. So it's not easy, but um, I do feel like a lot of people are saying there's going to be a big shift uh, coming this month in terms of that. So hopefully it gets a little bit easier after that, but we're all sort of preparing for that. There's been a lot of um, illness, a lot of people reporting, you know, colds, flus, gastro, you know, type stuff, which is generally a detox. And I went from having four people lined up to do Reiki this weekend to two. And two of them have been struck down by exactly that. So the, you know, cold, flu, gastro, but people, and I'm I'm probably going to write this into my course when I send out emails about what we're doing just to give people a heads up because I think our bodies, when we're doing Reiki and stuff, we are, our bodies prepare us for that, which means generally we'll have a, a cleanse, you know, out and it's recommended that you don't eat really heavy foods and drink alcohol and smoke and stuff like that. And I'm aware of that, but I haven't sort of written it in. So I'm thinking it might be a point now to write it into my course and just let people know that there is a risk of that because as soon as you get gastro, everyone freaks out. And as soon as you get a cold or a flu, everyone freaks out because they think, oh my God, everyone's in the thing. I've got COVID. So yeah, it's a shame. I went from four to two, but I've just got to accept that's the way it is. And maybe those two people just had to come through now and the other two will come through later. So we'll see what, what happens too, with that. When you're doing energy work, like you also, do you ever do, uh, do you let them know how they might feel after? Cause one of my clients, she got a bunch of energy work done and she was just saying that she just felt really mellow and like down kind of. And I said, that's normal. I said, when I get a big energy session done, I feel super down for you know a day or two after sometimes and it's because it's just processing everything out so yeah i would imagine with your reiki session that you're moving a lot of energy through and stuff like that yeah i'm teaching i'm teaching it's not so much they're coming in for a healing but i teach them how to do it so they do they do experience it but um yeah that's all in course material we um it basically for the stuff that i'm doing because you have what's called an attunement you have four of them in uh, reiki level one and after that, uh, each time it can be different. People can have repressed memories come up. You know, they can be super emotional in the moment. They could have something from childhood come up all of a sudden. And I explain all of that in the course. And it can take a, a month. It can take a full month for people to integrate. And I, I check in with all the people that I've done the course with just to make sure that they're doing okay and traveling okay. And it can be really happy. It can be stuff where you're just hysterically laughing, like I've said to you before, or it can be the opposite of that. We can be angry, you know, all of a sudden for some reason. And it's basically your body trying to clear out all of that energy that you've repressed, you know, that you've been holding on to. But uh, yeah, definitely explain all of that. So yeah, it was just interesting going through that sort of um, process of accepting that people are dropping out. And same with mentorship. I mean, I had five people lined up to do mentorship with me last night and four dropped out last minute which is huge, like dropped out of the course, didn't even start the course. So, and similar thing. Hey, are they prepaid? No, most people just do week to week. So only two. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. How do you do your pay? So you, you do um, like you do prepaid. 
Oh, sorry. No, you do prepaid, right? And you give them a deal if they pay for the whole thing. Correct. If they're paying per session, do your sessions build on top of previous sessions? What do you mean? So like, for example, um, let's pretend session one, you're working on your intuition and then session two, you're like practicing what you learned in session one and then no, you're no, also no, no. bringing in. No, they're all totally different. Okay. So that would mean that people could technically not pay for a session, but not really miss. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Like, you know, in a course when it builds and builds, you don't want people dropping oh, out. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, it does build has. on. It's it's just that every session is totally different, but it does build the gifts and the knowledge and the all of that stuff week after week. So if they miss a week, then I would just send them the video. Like I'd get them to pay me and I'd send them the video because I record it all. Okay. So they can watch it back. Yeah. So they don't okay, miss anything. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you. Hmm. I was wondering about that. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you do yours on zoom. Do you? Yeah. 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 And I just record and send them uh, as long as they paid for it. So yeah, I mean, I had first time around, I think uh, one of the girls missed a lot of the sessions, probably missed three quarters and I just kept sending her the videos and she's now doing it one-on-one with me because she just missed too too much and, um, and couldn't catch up. So even with the videos, you know, she still wanted to do one-on-one. Do you give everyone the video in your session? Like at the end, if they paid, yes. So everyone gets a hard copy of the training that they can rewatch after. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's like a really good deal. Mm. Yeah. I send it to everybody and that's the same as my one-on-ones group and one-on-ones exactly the same. So they can watch it back and, um, and learn from it. Yeah. Uh, are you going to do that with your life coaching record? It'll be the same. Life coaching will be kind of mentorship anyway. So it'll be exactly the same, but I'd imagine that'll be just one-on-one. I won't be doing that in groups. That's too hard to do in a group session. Yeah, no, I just never considered recording my one-on-one. What I do with my one-on-ones, it's like, I'll have a one-on-one and then I'll write down, like I'll give the person homework and all that kind of stuff and like um, resources and everything. And then I send them a follow-up email Yeah, with the homework laid out that, that we've agreed on. And then the resources that I mentioned, any handouts, any links, any kind of anything like that. So Mm -hmm. then they get like a comprehensive email of like our session, but I never thought of recording the session. Yeah. I've been doing that since day dot and people, people do watch it and they even ask me if if I forget, they'll go, can you send it? I just wanted to watch it back. Pretty much everyone I work with watches it back because I'm, I'm speak very quickly so I think sometimes people miss, you know, what I'm saying and stuff. So, um, yeah, pretty much everyone in the group that I work with, they will ask me, they'll prompt me if they don't have it. And, um, and then they'll tell me I watched it back and I saw this and I remembered this and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I, I find it really beneficial because there is a lot, you know, in an hour, there's a lot you talk about. So, uh, and you so know, is there a reason Oh, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. I just another question. Oh, I was just going to say, you can imagine like power of recollection. You're only going to remember, you know, probably yeah. the last few things that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even know like sometimes I'm listening to a podcast and I have to replay the same section five yeah. times because I go in la la land for a minute and I'm not being yeah. present. Yeah. Um, oh, I actually want to add something about being present, but I'll mention that in a second. So uh, when you're doing your mentorship, is there a reason why people need to be there or is a lot of the teaching, I'm just thinking, you know, have you ever thought about doing a course that people just pay for? Yeah. That's don't what, actually- yeah. That's what Lynn does. My mentor does. But the problem with this is if you're doing life coaching, which I um, do incorporate into it anyway, 
then that has to be live because I can't be, you know, yes, of course, getting interaction and stuff. My, my course is very interactive and I will log on and I'll talk to the person and I'll be like, how's your week been? How's the homework going? You know, what, what did you get out of um, last session? You know, what have you been practicing? How's the ESP going? And then yeah. they talk to me and then I will then incorporate whatever they're saying to me that they need in that particular moment into the course live. So I channel, um, I'm channeling level two still. I haven't finished level two writing it. I'm channeling it every fortnight with a girl that I've been doing this with for um, a little while, a few weeks, Becca and I. And um, so that's all happening live. Like I'm actually channeling the session, I'm recording it and I'm going back and transcribing it. And that's how I'm writing. This. How are you transcribing it? yourself yeah yeah because i tried those Michelle, transcribing things that. and they don't work yeah, yeah they do temi is them. really good temi t-e-m-i it's really good you yeah i never checked it. that one out yeah that's so good and it's so cheap how much is it though i think it's like oh man i don't even 25 cents a minute or something yeah US. So transcribing hours yeah but it Okay. You have to figure it like this, right? Okay. If you charge, let's say, I'll, let's just say a hundred dollars an hour. Cause a hundred dollars is like an easy number. So if you charge a hundred dollars an hour, right? If you're spending two hours transcribing something, that's $200. If it costs you $25 to transcribe something, you technically save $175 because what you're doing is you're actually freeing yourself up to take another client or mm. to do like a task that can actually advance your business or, you know, anything like that. Mm. So if you think about it in terms of that, price your time out. That's why, you know, any task that is a $10 task, for example, that takes you an hour should be delegated to someone else. Mm. Yeah. And they charge 70 an hour. So that's a fair whack. $25 out of that is pretty. You could get a price. You can upload it and they'll tell you how much it is before you pay. Mm. Yeah. I'll have a look at it. At the moment, I'm just transcribing. Anyway, before we uh, get into the show, because I'm looking at the time, I just wanted to mention as well that I, um, Chatted to Katie Underwood, which was awesome. I don't know if you remember her. She was the redhead from uh, Bardot, the group with Sophie Monk, and they won pop stars and they formed that girl band. Um, so Sophie Monk, the blonde girl, um, she's been on a, quite a few reality TV shows, including she was a bachelorette. So Sophie Monk was a bachelorette as well. So Katie Underwood was a redhead in that group and she was just awesome. She's actually gone from doing a lot of dance, jazz, pop, you know, all of that sort of stuff to being completely immersed in meditation. She's a professional, like qualified sound healer, like all this amazing stuff. And she's released the most beautiful album. And I just thought I might put the link in show notes because it's a really great one for sleep. So it's um, Mantra Dreaming and Mantra Rising. It's two part, but Katie Underwood is her name. And I've been playing this in all my healings. I've been playing this to myself when I wake up, when I go to sleep, all day when I'm kind of writing. If I'm doing, you know, the transcribing things I mentioned, I just play that in the background. Like it's just the most beautiful music. And she, you know, went and saw, she went to America and got, you know, voice coaching and did all this stuff. And it's so different to being in a pop band. Like I just found it so inspirational to listen to her journey. And she said, you know, at this point in my life, like the pop and the dance and all that doesn't suit where I'm at, you know? So she's like, this is my thing. And she um, does all the vocals herself and all the instrumentals. And yeah, it's just incredible. She's very talented. She plays about four different instruments. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that because it's really changed my life and it's helped me become a lot calmer and especially going through the Reiki mentorship, you know, having dropouts and things, I think I've handled that quite well. Whereas in the past, I would have gone into meltdown and been really upset and, you know, 
worried about that. So I just wanted to mention that. I'll put the link in show notes if anyone else is having trouble sleeping. She was saying, you know, not that this is anything you put in a testimonial, but she was saying she had a call from a nursing home where the residents have been much better behaved, you know, where some of them act out, they've got dementia and stuff and they can be very angry and they've been playing her music and they've been so much better behaved, much calmer, sleeping better. And also kids with autism, parents have been playing it to their children if they've got autism and don't sleep well and it's been putting them to sleep as well and they've been having a lot better time with their kids. So I just thought I'd put that in there and if anyone is interested in that, um, it is really beautiful music. So she was a great person to chat to, very inspirational. And I just wanted to mention as well, I had a really beautiful reading with the mum who is grieving and, uh, and rightly so. She lost her little boy to illness and I read for her this week and it was just really amazing how children are, Lauren, and I, I learned from them. I, I just love them, children and animals. I just love communicating with them. And anyway, this mummy um, said to me, you know, she wants to speak to her little boy. So he came in. And it was just beautiful. Like the first thing he said, he's like, oh, the fence, we need to get this place fenced. The fence is, the fence is down. Something's going on with the fence. And she goes, oh my God. She goes, the fence just fell over. They have a little white picket fence. And she goes, it just fell over like, you know, this week. And they're like debating what they're going to do with this thing and how they're going to pay for like a new fence. Like they're expensive. And, you know, she's like, I can't believe that. And I'm like, wow, he's good. And anyway, at one point he was talking about his possessions. He's like, my possessions, my things, my possessions. And I'm like, what, what's happening with his possessions? And she said, well, I'm in his room. I'm speaking to you in his room. I couldn't see anything. I was just here in a wall. I couldn't see anything around her. But I said, he's showing me these little medals and um, they've got a red and um, black string, like ribbon on them. And then I've got a red and black jersey. And he was talking about being very athletic and very sporty. And he also showed me very sore here. He had like broken. And she said, yeah, he broke his left jaw in his form of sport. She didn't tell me what the sport was. But when I mentioned red and black, she just broke down and she went, oh my God, she said he was a top hockey player for his age and that's his colour, that's his jersey, it's red and black and his medals all have red and black. Now his message for his mum, because she was in his room and she hasn't moved anything, changed anything, as you can imagine, you know, she's grieving. But he said, mum, you can get rid of all my stuff. I don't need it, but keep the medals and keep my little jersey because I want that. I want you to keep that. Anyway, it was really beautiful, Lauren, because I got, I did a past life reading with her and ships came out. Now, I didn't know what the symbology of ships were, but she kind of went, wow, when she saw that card. And um, she told me at the end of the reading that uh, Burn the Ships has been coming on ever since he passed. And she feels like that's a, so a song from him to her because it's Burn the Ships, Start a New Day. Tomorrow's a brand new day, Start a New Day. And I was like, wow, I know the song. I, I know that song because it's on family radio. And anyway, this all happened. We said goodbye. And then the next day I was walking the dog and my right ear went deaf and right ear is boy or male anyway. And I'm going, I wonder who that is. And I was like, nothing really popped into my head. Got in the car to go and see my girlfriends and burn the ships came on the radio. Like as soon as I got in the car, turn it on, burn the ships came on. And I went, wow, that's amazing. joking. That's him. Wow. So I pulled over and I recorded, you know, you can record like the voice track on your phone. So I hit record on the song and I said, guess what just came on the radio? And she's like, oh my God. And I told her about my ear going deaf and all of this. And there was just one little message that he wanted me to pass on. And so I passed that on and she went, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And I was like, he's around love. You know, her fear was that he was gone. You know, her fear, he wasn't, you know, going to appear to her, all of this. And I said, he's around. He's showing me I'm around. So you have to believe that. So I just wanted to mention that because it was just so beautiful and Children are just wonderful, you know, to be able to communicate like that and to be able to show me his little medals and show me his little T-shirt, his little jersey. He was so proud 
And he's like, you can get rid of all the other stuff, but just keep that for me, you know? And it was just like, wow. I think I spent the whole time just in tears, the whole reading. It was just the most beautiful thing ever. And I just wanted to share that. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that, Michelle. You know that I love the stories. I love hearing all that. I'm always at the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, hey? And yeah, and that just made me think of like the most beautiful song, which is by Ron Sexsmith, and it's called Golden Them Hills. And so I've put a link to that in the show notes. And um, Michelle, it might be nice if you put a link to the that ship song as well in the show notes if you found it just for someone at home if they, they want to hear what you're talking about. It's a beautiful um, song. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I think it's time that we get into the subject at hand. This is a pretty big subject. And um, like I said off the top of the show, uh, these are just our opinions based on the information that we know or have found. And um, this information could have changed by the time you listen to this. And also, we're not health experts. 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 <laughs> neither of we're neither. Things. We're neither of those things. <laughs> yes, exactly. So girl, uh, I think you should take it away because this is, uh, yeah, you were inspired to um, choose this theme today. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, it's funny timing too. I've got a great segue because I went to get a uh, chai latte before I met up with you today. I ran into a couple of nurses who are part of our park run group. They do running. And one of them mentioned to me that she'd been asked to um, man one of the vaccination centers. They've set up vaccination centers in various locations around Australia and they need more people to man them. So she was just talking to me about that before I came down here. And I sort of said to her, you know, do you all have to get the jab? Like, does everyone working in sort of the medical fraternity? And I, I assumed the answer would be yes, have to get the jab. And she said, well, yeah, but they won't have to get it if they're particularly unwell at the time. It's the same as, you know, the flu vaccination. Like if you're not feeling well at the time and you can get a doctor's certificate, then you don't have to get it at that time. But the assumption would be that they would all have to get it at some point. So I'm just interested to know about the, you know, whether people are being forced because there's a lot of people who aren't into this sort of thing. But I noticed on Scott Morrison's page, because he posts a lot on Facebook and, and various other things, is that we've got the vaccination coming through various means, Pfizer and other means. And there's just a lot of people, you know, who are very vulnerable, I guess, in the medical fraternity, um, which is what I was just talking to that lady about this morning, who are on the front line. They're, you know, dealing with a lot of people who need to get the jab. So yes, the rollouts are happening. We've got more people on the front line. Now, it's interesting because obviously the vaccines are being promoted as safe, free, you know, and all this stuff. But a lot of people are saying, well, how do we know? Because there hasn't been much research. Like it's all been rolled out very, very quickly. And I did see this girl comment, uh, Sapphire Bloom. And I, I just went around to a bunch of different comments. This is just one that I singled out and, um, and posted here in our show notes is that she was um, saying, you know, it's crazy. It's insane. I had to explain why governments are coercing perfectly healthy people to inject themselves with a the foreign substance in order to win back their basic freedoms. And she was just citing some things that I was going to talk about a little bit later, which is uh, flying overseas, which means some of the airlines are saying you won't be able to fly unless you get the jab and you can show that you have. Um, daycare centers not taking kids. That was the case with, um, you know, before COVID anyway. And uh, it's meant to be a democracy is what she finished with. Um, now, I, I just found that quite interesting because I guess I kind of feel similarly to that. And a lot of people uh, don't agree or won't agree with me. But, you know, certainly with my parents, I mean, my parents are in their 70s and they're getting it and I don't argue with that and they think I should get it and I'm, uh, I'm not. So, you know, we're sort of in different uh, minds. And it got quite heated between dad and I when I told him I wasn't going to get it. He's like, well, why wouldn't you get it? It's available. And I'm just like, it's not my thing. I don't get it. I'm sort of in the um, natural kind of healing 
industry. So for me, I just don't um, feel for me personally, not healing in general, but for me, I just don't feel like it's my, my cup of tea. So, and it looks like they're going to miss their target. They were meant to target, this is just Australia, but 4 million Aussies are meant to be vaccinated by the end of the month, but that's not going to, not going to happen. They're not off, um, off track with that. So um, because of shipment blockages and that's just because of COVID uh, getting out of Europe and that sort of thing. So Lauren, have you got any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I guess. Okay. First of all, I just want to say that, you know, for our listener at home, I'm a Canadian. I live in Australia. I'm also an Australian citizen. So I do live here. One of the things that I really want to get clear, um, this is kind of like to preface my opinion on everything, is that I live in North Queensland in Australia. We have basically had no COVID here. So my experience of COVID um, on you know, is not at all comparable to the experience that most of the world is having. I can walk down the, f- the street, go to the mall, go to a restaurant, go to the cinema, go to a bar, anything like that with no fear of COVID where there are nobody, nobody's wearing masks. Yes, there's sanitizer and everyone's signing in and they're doing all of those things. But in Australia in general, the amount of COVID we've had in this country is like pretty much nothing compared to where a lot of people are at in the world. So my opinion on, you know, the whole situation is tarnished and it's very limited because I can't connect nor can I understand what it's like for other people. I have, you know, family all over Canada, their, their entire areas are shut down. They're wearing, they're having to wear masks it's a massive problem. You know, the businesses are shut and has been for the better part of the entire year. So it would make a lot of sense, I believe, to uh, get the vaccine if you are in areas where it is happening, because getting COVID is no fun. Nobody wants that. And we need to eradicate this. And, And so doing, having the vaccine, it just does seem like a a solution. Now, that being said, I am always super hesitant about anything like that. I don't get the flu shot. When they first talked about COVID and the vaccine, I was like, I would never get that. I have a bit of fear, and I'm going to talk about fear later as well, about injecting my, my body with things that are foreign, um, that I, I don't, I'm not into Botox. I, I'm not into any of that kind of stuff. I don't do that. Yes, I dye my hair, but anyway. Uh, so putting the vaccine in my body is not something that I feel called to do, inclined to do in any way. Now that's again, is because there is no COVID in my area. I am a 37 year old healthy woman. I rarely get sick if ever, and there is no COVID in my area. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say is that I would have a difference of opinion, I'm sure, if there were thousands and thousands of cases of this outside my door, I would probably go and get the vaccine, honestly. So that's not where I'm at. And um, yeah, that's basically my opinion on that, is that I am a big fan of <clears throat> tuning in to what I feel is good for me. I don't like the idea of injecting something um, into my body that also hasn't been tested over years and years and years. Also, if I'm already healthy and I put something in that's going to compromise, like who knows how everybody's body chemistry is going to react to something. 
but again, because there's no COVID in my area, it's just not on my radar to get mm. it. Yeah. yeah. My only um, uh, thought probably additionally to that is, I guess it's like the flu vaccine because these are all viruses we're talking about. Viruses mutate. So it's the same as, you know, getting the flu jab. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get the flu. It just means you may get a different strain of the flu. So we know that COVID is um, the same, you know, it's mutating. It's got that, what is it, the UK, the UK version of that was, um, you know, even more contagious. So the virus, unfortunately, will just keep mutating. And I guess, you know, we've spent a lot of money on getting this rolled out and yes, it's, you know, good for a certain kind of COVID, but it is mutating. So I just kind of think it's one of those uh, ever-changing, you know, situations. So it's difficult, certainly for anyone to be able to vaccinate against every strain is what I wanted to say. And I guess that's why I think it's, um, for me, it's not for me and that's personal. So in terms of the flying, and this is the one I'm interested in because, you know, I'm planning to fly to Tasmania in October and there are certain airlines already coming out saying that they won't allow you to fly. And one of them is Qantas. So according to the BBC... Isn't that international? Uh, Isn't that only international? Yes, yes, I was about to say that, yeah. According to the BBC, international travellers will have to prove um, that they've been vaccinated. I'm just saying Tassie because that's the only place I'm going and that, you know, I don't know whether they're going to make it domestic as well. So, but at the moment it's international. They're saying they will have to prove they've been vaccinated. So, and I think really, I mean, I don't blame them because of what happened with the cruise ships. You know, we don't want a repeat of that. And that was highly embarrassing, I think, for a lot of the cruise ship industry and has caused a lot of damage monetarily to them, a lot of losses. So when the vaccines are fully available, Qantas is planning to make sure that everyone has had their jab before they head overseas. And that, I guess, you know, may mean that we're able to return semi to normal, you know, once that kind of happens, I guess more people might be able to travel again. It's all been a bit um, up and down. And so that, yeah, could be interesting. So that was one of the complaints from that other lady, but um, you know, I guess it's up to the airline. They can make the rules. That's their job. If you own the airline, you can do whatever you want, really. I think the thing too, is that, you know, if you're going to travel internationally, for example, you have to quarantine as well. So if you have to quarantine two weeks there and then two weeks when you get back, that's an entire month and just quarantine on your own dollar. So it would make sense that if you have the vaccine that you may need to not do that. But again, I don't know. It remains to be seen. If I have to have the vaccine because I'm being told that that's the only way that I'm able to travel to Canada to see my family, then I'm going to get it. Although I do believe we should have free will uh, I don't like being told what to do ever, let alone what I, you know, how to treat my body or what to put into my body. But that being said, I don't have COVID here. Mm. So if I, you know, if I'm going to Canada and I'm in an area where there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people with COVID, well, I don't want that. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of wearing a mask you know, these sort of things, just taking the proper precautions because it's a massive thing that shut down, you know, most of the world. And, uh, but again, I feel like I'm watching this whole movie unfurl in front of me and I can't relate to it because I just, it hasn't been like that here at all. Mm. So I don't, I wonder whether they'd be able to, I suppose. Yeah. I wonder whether they would be able to rule out quarantine because the, um, this is a virus, as I said, and it's ever changing. It means they can't, it's the same as a flu. You can't, you know, vaccinate against all of the strains. So I wonder whether they will be able to rule out having a quarantine. I don't think they would be able to because you could have a different strain of it and still be bringing it in. I'm pretty sure that um, the vaccine doesn't also mean that you won't get it, get COVID. It just means that your symptoms are minimized. 
So that's the other thing. Yeah. So I imagine quarantine would have to still continue because you'd still be um, able to shed the virus. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting but one. I, mean, I was telling you before that like, we travel every year internationally. This is the 2021. Mm. We don't foresee an international trip at the moment. Um, no. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. So Lauren, you were going to mention something here, I think. I guess I was just going to talk about fear a little bit because I think that, you know, it's important that when we're talking about things like vaccine and COVID and all that kind of stuff that we really do tune in to ourselves to feel what's right for us. I think that sometimes people tend to make decisions because the masses are making a decision or because they're pressured into making a decision, fear-based thoughts, you know help them to make a certain decision or encourage them to make a decision in a certain way. And I guess the thing is that for me, that, you know, I'm very in tune with my truth and, you know, I'm not going to do anything unless I feel, feels right for me. And so I guess what I, what I just want to say is that, you know, if it feels right for you to do something, do that, you know, if it doesn't feel right for you to do something, maybe don't do anything at all, wait and see whether or not your, your decision changes. And I, I think that it's important to understand that we're allowed to change our mind as well. That, you know, you could feel that, no, the vaccine is not something that you want to do. And then all of a sudden you feel one day, you know what, I am going to do it. All these people are having success. I mean, I can tell you right now that the vaccine being rolled out across the world, you know, this would be highly vetted. There would be so many eyeballs on this. They're not, they're not rolling out something that, you know, hasn't been tested and tested and tested and tested and tested. And yes, we don't know the long-term effects and everything that's obvious, but you know, it's not just something someone's whipped up in a, in a factory and like mass produced and put it out. It's been highly vetted on all the stages. So that's the other thing. And I guess the other thing too is about doing the research as well is about going, well, why, what are the pros and cons of getting something like this? Uh, That's a set, you know, I guess in a way, if you can, make that decision and it's not going to affect your life um, as far as you're limiting you. Like for me, if I wanted to go see my family, for example, and I need to get something like that, well, I'm probably in a pretty difficult position. (laughs) So I think that's really important. Um, The other thing too, is that, you know, I think that, yeah, it's important in a way to uplift ourselves, to um, encourage ourselves to, um, you know, look at things around us that are going to support us, that are going to build up our immune system, that are going to build our, um, you know, our positive mindset, that are going to nurture and support our bodies. So, you know, making healthy decisions about exercise, making healthy decisions about eating and doing all these really obvious things that we already know that really lay a good foundation for us, A, making decisions from a place that's stable and has like a good basis, but also that, you know, we are doing things to ensure that we're keeping up with our health and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Because I think that, yeah, if you're getting a vaccine, that's great. But you also want to make sure that you're doing the other things too, to give well yourself said. the best chance at having the best life. So I just want to say that I, I yeah, I don't, I don't really think that, you know, a vaccine is, is like a magic yeah. thing. I think that you need to do all the other stuff too. I think that's a really good and, point. Um, and I do, yeah. I do feel like yeah. sometimes people just feel like, especially with the flu, because that's the best thing I can think of because 
that's the one that's been around for the longest and we're all familiar with. And it's like people get the flu jab and then they, you know, expose themselves to, you know, different people who are sick and people used to just cough and sneeze all over the place and not really think too much about it. And, uh, and then you can, you know, get other things, you know, other little lurgies that are floating around. So I think that's really good, really good advice. Lauren, it was interesting. I was sort of doing a little bit of research for the show today and, you know, there's always the anti-vaxxers and there's always going to be people who are, you know, against all of that. I had my jabs when I was a kid. I haven't um, been raised by anti-vaxxers by any stretch, but there's a few that are going around and getting pretty, uh, pretty into it. We had a lot of people that were upset about not only COVID, but also 5G as the 5G mobile phone towers go up. And there's been lots of things um, being dropped in uh, letterboxes around the place. This is mostly Melbourne that I could find, but I'm sure it's happening in other areas. And if our listener at home has heard of any of this sort of stuff, you can certainly let us know about it um, on any of the social media sites. We're on all of them. Um, But basically there was a comment in an ABC story that I was reading um, was about these um, pamphlets they're dropping out around the place. They've actually popped um, like Nazi flags and Chinese flags and all sorts of things on these little... um, you know, um, pamphlets that are going around and, um, you know, and hashtag COVID-19 scrolled across it. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think people get very upset and very passionate is probably a good word um, about this. And, you know, as I said, like I had one of the ladies that organises a very, very big expo um, on the Sunshine Coast and I won't name her or the expo, but she did post this on socials. It's all public. Um, She posted on there saying, hey, you know, who's going to get the jab just for like a fun conversation? My God, did it turn into something? Like it was just there was so much vitriol. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I sort of said, well, no, I'm not. And that was it. But there was a couple of people on there that just, it always takes like just two people, you know, and they start this little thread, this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, you're ignorant and this, that, and the other thing. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, I think it's personal choice unless you're flying overseas, like we said, you know, and you have to get it and you don't have a choice and you really want to go. It's, it's up to you, you know, as Lauren said, listen to your truth. This is the truth for us, but listen to your truth and, you know, potentially if we were both living in like the States or the UK or Canada, you know, we probably would be talking maybe differently. We'd have a different perspective on this. Um, but we can only speak from, yeah, from our standpoint yeah, and that's our standpoint. Think, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very reluctant now whenever I see, because people are still commenting on vaccinations and whether or not we should get them and things like that. And I, to be honest, don't get involved in the conversation just because of the vitriol, just because of the the pushback that you get whenever you say, I don't want to get it. And even in my own family, my dad like literally was just all over me like a rash when I said, I don't want to get it. Like he couldn't believe that I said that. Yeah. My parents also, they couldn't believe it, but then they brought yeah. up the point that I am in a different reality. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is a hundred percent true. So, yeah. So it's not outside my door. Yeah. I'm not afraid of getting, you know, like it's just reality. Not part of my yeah reality that's the best way to describe it it's it's like this crazy thing that's happening in the world is happening to everyone else and i can just sit be a bystander yeah um so i just had a a tool i guess um to improve your life or did you want to have you got a comment here before i get into that yeah i guess i just wanted to say that um you know kind of exactly what you said there that you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion Mm. i don't believe that we need to shove our opinion down other people's throats because mm. we're all on our own journey. We're all listening to our own truth. And I think that 
it's really important to understand what our truth is. And part of that is being in the present moment and being aware of the thoughts we're telling ourselves, being aware of the things that we're reading, because, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of this read something and can be swayed. My opinion can be swayed and then read something else. My opinion can be swayed. But I think that the only way to really discern whether or not something is for us is to go within and to listen to that. And that takes practice. And I can just tell you too, that, you know, the last couple of days, uh, you know, sometimes I get into a, a bout where my mind is just going on and on and on and not letting shit go, basically. And I have to go in and be like, no, five, four, three, two, one. Like, I'm not my mind. Stop thinking. Come back to the present moment. Do my deep breathing. Go out in nature. Do some meditation. Calm down. When you can calm your mind down, that's when you can really get connected with your, your inner truth and with which is right for you. And so, yeah, I guess I just really wanted to reinforce that, you know, when we have to seek outside opinions, we can be swayed because that person's not in our mind. They don't know our story. They, they haven't been born to the same people. I, I, I've used this example before numerous times. So I just think that when we're talking about this, if people are on the fence as to whether or not it's good for them, if I believe, and I don't know if Michelle, if you agree, but I believe that if you're not sure about what to do, do nothing until you're sure. And That's good. Yeah. I like that. I've had people before someone um, was saying to me, oh, I'm not really, I don't really know what I should do. Should I do this or that, this or that? And I'm like, until you feel secure and confident about your next move, don't do anything. Just wait for more information or guidance yeah. or direction or any situation can come up. Like, let's pretend, for example, you decide that you're not going to get the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden there's thousands and thousands of cases of COVID in your area. You might change your mind. So that's fair enough to do that. Mm. So just wait for more information. And then when you are in line with what you want to do, then you just act, yeah. you do it. And I, and I talk about it all the time. When you're in flow with life, everything goes click, click, click. When you're not in flow, that's when you need to stop, evaluate and pivot. Mm. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we know that this is unprecedented. It's not something that we've encountered before. So it's uh, we're all sort of learning and, as you said, adjusting to what the information is at the time. Um, so I just had a couple of tools to improve your life and it's nothing major. It's pretty much along the lines of what we were just talking about. But I just felt to mention, you know, base your decision on how you feel in your gut about the job because, to be honest, that's what I base a lot of my decisions on is my intuition. So trust your intuition, you know, don't get into your head too much, you know, maybe turn the news off for a little bit. The news can really sway and make us more afraid. Um, you know, I had a yoga class this morning where the lady beside me was coughing and sneezing the entire time and blowing her nose and all sorts of things. And we're outdoors, wow. wasn't indoors. So I was okay. And I was right beside her oh. and she was chatting to me on the way to the car and, and that sort of thing. And I was kind of wondering if she was going to say, cause a lot of people that are sneezing, coughing now, they'll say, Oh, I've just got, you know, um, Finest hay or hay or fever like or something that. like that. Yeah. She didn't say anything. She didn't apologize, didn't explain. And I wasn't expecting it, but I just, well, it wasn't that I wasn't expecting it. I kind of expected it because people are so scared to sneeze and cough in public now. I thought she might say something, but she didn't say anything. So I was like, all right, well, I guess it's okay. Um, but, you know, yeah, we're But it's also, I think it's rude if it's not, if it's not an allergy based thing, like if she has a legitimate cold, mm. wear a mask. Mm. Yeah, I don't in, know. You know, in Asia, that's what you do. If you feel sick or you 
are like your immune system low mm. or whatever, you wear a mask. Yeah. It's just or you don't go to I yoga. Hope- <laughs> Or you Maybe. don't go to freaking yoga. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yoga in your own backyard. Yeah. But, you know, you know it's so funny because we wouldn't have had, if it was just colds and flus we were talking about, no one ever had this conversation. I used to go to the, yeah, I go to yoga all the time when I was sick. No worries at all because it used to sweat it out of my system and I'd get well very quickly. So, you know, yes, it's probably contagious and it may not have been the best idea, but it was only a cold. It wasn't a flu. If it was a flu, I was laid up in bed. I wouldn't be going anywhere. But, you know, I, I went to yoga with colds and never questioned it. And heaps of people did. Like we used to have people coughing and sneezing all through our classes that I went to on the Goldie. Um, so, you know, I don't think I'm hyper aware of all that stuff. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but that's every, it's individual, isn't it? Like I've never, um, yeah. never really thought about it, but, um, you know, even if someone just coughs generally, even if they're not sick, they just cough and everyone's like, Whoa, what's going on? What's going on? What have you got? You know, like, it's so different. Like it's changed all within that, you know, 2020 kind of period. Um, but anyway, I was just going to say, you know, trust your gut, um, and weigh up your options and don't allow yourself to be forced into anything if you don't feel like it is for you, you know, just because everyone else is doing it. But I just think, you know, definitely try to tune out of the news for a little bit because there is a lot of fear mongering in the news. And I know that when I watch the news, I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Like, really? You know, and as Lauren said, we're in a different part of the world. So we are all affected differently. So really just uh, trust your intuition is what I wanted to say there. Yeah, very good. And my tool to improve your life is um, listen to Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to so much Wayne Dyer lately. He, um, and it's sad because I know he's passed and I know, you know, based on your work, especially, but I know my inner truth is that we live on. We just shape shift yeah. into a different form. He's definitely so coming back, not- I reckon, unless he's an ascended master now, but um, I feel like he will come oh, back. Oh, this possible. You could have leveled up. But yeah. um, on hey, how, on my meditation, uh, sorry, on my podcast player, my podcast app, I use pocket cast. So you can use iTunes or whatever you want to use. You can download Hay House um, meditations and they're very, very good. But Hey, um, Wayne Dyer actually has his own entire podcast that they still run. Yes, they I've still update to it. it for years. Yeah. It, yeah. it is so good. Are they still it updating it? Are they still updating it now? Good. Yeah. Oh. They still update it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love they're updating it. And Hey House, let me just see here. So Hay House, yeah, the last episode was updated, um, yeah, a little while ago, like on Sunday. So it's not all the time. I think it's only a couple times a month. But at the same time, I mean, he's passed away, so that makes sense. He's not generating new content or anything. However, uh, I just find him to be so uplifting and intelligent and funny. And uh, I was just recently listening to an episode that he interviewed somebody on on basically overcoming a um, brain tumor and their story. And it's just amazing. And also... Hey House Radio, they have such an awesome deal where you can pay, uh, I don't know how much it, I think it's like $136 or something like that for the entire year, but you get unlimited listening to all of that content. So one of the things that I'm doing is I'm having to look at the subscriptions that I have and I'm figuring out whether or not I want them and whether or not uh, I'm using them. And if the answer is no, then I get rid of them as well. And then I can get something new. Yeah. Yeah. With spreading. spreading. (laughs) Like Hey House Radio. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to buy that today, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And it just, I think that, you know, when we're talking about the content that we're talking about, the controversy and the vaccine, and sometimes the conflicts and challenges we have with people, the difference of opinion and stuff like that, it's just really 
so critical mm. to build ourselves up, to build ourselves up, to build up our self-esteem, to build up our self-love, to build up our intuition and our trust. And however it is you want to do that is so critical. But for me, uh, I find that Hay House really does have so much value that, yeah, it's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, so agree. yeah, that's my um, tools to improve your life. Brilliant. And, uh, so the party element this week, Lauren, is brought to you by your business. Yes. So my business, I am um, uh, the owner operator of Raw Raw Consulting and the Raw Raw Spirit Team Mentorship. Whoop. And I have a free masterclass, which is called Reduce Your Work Hours by Half. And so basically, if you struggle with time management, if you're ready to reevaluate your priorities, some of the things I alluded to earlier on in our conversation today, this free, and it's free, legitimately free masterclass is actually amazing. It's 50 minutes, it's 5-0, and I'm going to teach you how to stop overextending yourself without being racked with guilt, because we all know how that feels. Create some space to stay on task. Start saying no to requests. I'm going to teach you how, and I'm going to unlock the secret to reducing your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekends. So grab a ticket to your free masterclass. Uh, obviously, I will also let you know that I am selling a course called the task reduction system, but you get a lot of value from the free masterclass. So you can actually just do that if you want to. Okay. So all the details for that are in the show notes. So the party element today, I really feel like the party element is the weakest link in our podcast, Michelle, but I don't know how to have a party every time. Like I'm struggling with that. There's always room for party. Say. There's always room for party. Is this about lifting? There's always room for party, but it's hard to have like a new variation of a party every single week, mm. you know? And I'm a very creative person. So I feel like if I'm struggling. Maybe I'm just not thinking hard enough or something. Maybe I need to think outside the box. Well, like creative is more feeling. Cool art project or something like that. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I guess what I wanted to say is that I really do believe that music uplifts us. It can really change um, everything in our lives. Um, sometimes when we're feeling down and we listen to a good song, really elevate us and can help lift our mood. And so I would just encourage you to, you know, maybe build yourself a kick-ass uplifting playlist, you know, and really just use that as a way to continue to build yourself up. We've talked a lot about different things in this episode, like COVID, fear, vaccine, but then we've also talked a lot about healthy habits, checking out the people that are supporting you, like hanging around people that support you and make you feel good. And I think that music is a really surefire way of helping you build your self-confidence, your intuition, your self-esteem and your immune system mm. because you feel good. So that's my, um, <laughs> that's my, in my party moment. I wanted to send you uh, or put some links to Spotify, um, raw, raw consulting, I've created some amazing playlists on there. Everything from like, there's a fifties playlist. There's an oldies playlist, which, which are songs from the sixties, seventies, eighties that are really upbeat. There's a total dance playlist. So it's all on there on Spotify, but I can't figure out how to link to my Spotify playlist oh. on my desktop. So anyway, if you've got Spotify, check out raw, raw consulting, please follow me. And um, yeah, there's some built ready podcasts or playlists for you. If you don't want to make your own. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I like that. Very nicely finished. All I was just going to say then, I did mention Katie Underwood and I think it was a little bit uh, premature maybe. I just wanted to highlight that again, if you missed it earlier in the show, 
is I'm going to put it into the show notes, but uh, Katie Underwood with her Mantra Dreaming and Mantra Rising double album. It's so calming and so beautiful. And I do get anxious from time to time. And I found that having that playing in the background, you know, while I'm working, having it playing during my healings has been so uplifting for me. And I find that the, because it's very repetitive and she goes on a loop in her music because of the kind of music it is, that I really find that it will play through my head during the day, even when I finish and walk away from it. I'm still, I've got it going around the mantras. It's all mantras and they're all playing around in my head and it's just beautiful. And one thing that's really powerful about this is she talked about because she studied meditation and sound healing and all of that. And she was saying that her music is all about, you know, it's, it's to the beat of the heart. So it's 60 beats per minute. So she often has like a drum or something like that. There's some sort of noise, sound that beats to the beat of the heart. And then it also, um, there's uh, sounds in the background that are like synthesized that uh, help calm the brain. And so basically when you go through mantra dreaming, and I'm saying this because, you know, COVID, all the things we're talking about can get us really anxious and stressed out. So to bring ourselves back, you know, I, I played her music straight after I did the interview, I went upstairs, put it on. And literally, like I found myself in the deepest, deepest kind of meditation. It was just incredible. And I could hear the music in the, you know, background kind of thing, but it just, it slowed everything down and I felt so present, you know, and it was very interesting the way she explained how it works because I just thought, oh yeah, you know, you just whack a few different instruments together and pop a few vocals in and away you go. But she's like, no, everything has to be between this and this decibels and this and this frequency. And, you know, she has sound bowls and other things going on in there. And I tell you what, Lauren, it is a treat. And I just can't recommend that enough for people who find themselves in that loop, you know, that loop of just fear and what's going to happen and stuff like that. We just want to get out of that because that's not helpful. It's not helpful for anyone. It's good to be informed. Absolutely. But do we want to watch this 24 seven or listen to it 24 seven? Maybe not, you know, maybe we need a break from that sort of stuff. Yeah. Being in the loop too is really hard. I feel like I was, I was in the loop last night in my mind. Um, Basically I said no to a shift at the restaurant because yesterday I went and I got a full body massage treatment. I was really doing a self-help day. My partner and I had plans in the evening to watch the first game of the football and have dinner. And like, we hadn't really spent any time together in the last four days. And, you know, I had this plan and, and then it's like, I said, no, I wasn't going to go in. I wasn't even scheduled. Right. It was just, they called me in and it, I wound up in a, on a loop feeling guilty that I didn't go in when I wasn't even rostered on. on. It's just ridiculous yeah. how, you know, and then when we get into these loops, we actually stop ourselves from being where we are. Yeah. We stop ourselves from enjoying life in the moment. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part is, you know, I'm in my massage and I'm feeling guilty about not doing a shift because I'm honoring where I'm at. That's I'm it. honoring the fact that I needed to, I wanted to rest today. I'm honoring the fact that I had other things that I was looking forward to doing with my own time in my own life, mm. you know, and it's just funny how uh, we allow that to happen. So having tools like the one that you've shared, and I'll definitely check her out, mm. having tools like listening to positive radio or speaking with friends, you know, these are all things that can really help us to get out of our own head. But I remember one time I had this revelation ages and ages ago, and I was... um 
kind of like the similar thing, you know, it's like my life is so peaceful. And then all of a sudden I just try to, it's like our brains try to create drama. Yeah. Isn't it Michelle? Yeah. Where we're like, Hey, wait, everything is cool. Let's just create something yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. It's because we go into thinking. I think we go into thinking because a lot of the people when I'm doing mentorship, when they're really in the zone and they're like, bang, nailing it, bang, nailing it. The next one they won't get because they'll go, whoa, hang on. How did I do that? Hang on. And they come into their head and they start thinking about it yeah. and rationalizing it and then they can't get it. And then they find themselves, we can talk them back into getting into that zone and back we are, and then we get it. And then it's like, whoa. And it's like almost, it's just like clockwork. Every single person that I work with does that where they're like in the zone and then straight out of it, in the zone, straight yeah. out of it, because you just, you start to question it. It's like, oh, yeah, it is peaceful. What's going to happen? Is there something coming? Does that mean something? Yeah, it's like that innate fear, yeah. fear thing. Yeah, it kicks danger. In. Where's the danger? Yeah. yeah. And you know, the thing is that we're allowing that to happen. Yeah. If I want to continue to tell myself this story about, oh, you said no, it's like I'm perfectly within my right to say no. Absolutely. Everyone is perfectly in their right to say no to anything they want that doesn't serve them. Yep. It's safe to say no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so I'm allowing myself to continue to tell myself this story. Mm. So I also am in the position of power to be able to say, no, mm. I don't need to torture myself by, you know, saying like putting myself first, yeah. for example. Yeah. I know this is something that everyone struggles. Well, many people struggle with as well yeah. is when they've honored their truth. It's like, then living with it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> I can really relate to, to yeah. what you were just saying about the massage and things because um, I got my nails done yesterday. I managed to break um, my center nail. So I got purple this time. I've been getting red, but um, I, yeah, I got my nails done and the whole time I'm sitting there just feeling really, really guilty. And look, to be honest, I mean, I was very busy as you know, from like October, November, December, January, February, it's only really oh just God, started to yes, slow down. You were... I was just crazy yes. busy. And I thought, well, you yes. know, that's just the time of the year, you know, that sort of thing. And now it's kind of gone back to what is more normal for me, where I actually have time to kind of do other work and, and catch up and, and it's been yeah. great. So I didn't have, I wasn't missing any clients. I, you know, had booked in this nail thing and, and last minute and I went over and, and got it done. But the whole time I just felt really anxious and I was feeling quite guilty and like all of that stuff. And I'm just like, wow, like when does this, um, when does this end? And, you know, I was trying to rationalize it in my head while I was sort of sitting there and um, it came home and I listened to that album that I mentioned, Mantra Dreaming with Katie Underwood and I uh, felt a lot better. But yeah, it just, every time you think you've kind of got it, you know, under control, then, you know, you take a bit of time out for yourself and it, it kicks in again. But I'm really enjoying once a week catching up with the girls. We do head off to a coffee shop every week on a Wednesday morning and I've just made that my regular thing. So, um, oh, beautiful. yeah, I find Wednesday morning, I can just do that. Tuesday morning, I've got mentorship booked in permanently, so I can't uh, do it on a Tuesday, but yeah, Wednesday, it's like, there's no guilt there. I go there. I love it. You know, I have a really, really great time and I'm just trying to segment my day. And something that Esther Hicks teaches is to segment your day. So I just, while I'm there with them, I'm just present. And I just try to be really aware yes. of, you know, my scenario, the food I'm eating, the chime drinking, the people I'm talking to. And I try not to think yes. ahead to my first reading of the day or anything like that, because that used to get me anxious. Yes. I'm like, what are people going to ask? What do they want to know? Da, da, da. But I just try to be in the moment and then I'm like, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive and that's my next task. And so I just do that. And then when I get home, I'm like, right, I'm ready to do this reading. I'm going to do the reading. So it's not anticipating things all the time and trying to look too far ahead. 
because that can build the anxiety. So segmenting your day is such a powerful tool. And I really use that to the point where I'll be going for a walk. And as soon as my mind goes somewhere, I'm like, right, I'm here. I'm walking my dog. I'm holding the lead. I'm looking at the plants. I'm looking at the flowers. I just bring myself back like that. And it's instantly calming. It instantly feels more calm because I'm not thinking about, you know, hubby driving home from work and all these other things and raking on the weekend. I'm not thinking about that, you know, and if people are dropping out of the course, the energy isn't right for them right now. You know, they're not ready for this. And the achievements, as I said, are pretty full on. If people are dropping out, they need to do more work. You know, that's how I have to look at it. So, and it's funny because I almost had a premonition about it. I was saying to my friend, I'm like, oh, there's only two doing it. I'm pretty sure there's only two doing it because one of the ladies had already dropped out. And then I was like, oh no, the other lady's doing it too. That's right. And then I heard from her this morning, I'm not doing it anymore. So I think I always knew it was going to be the two um, subconsciously. So, um, you know, that will do it when, um, and I told, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, I was just going to say, they'll do it when they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I talked last week, deny about saying it's not all about you. Yeah. 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 This exactly is. Yeah. It? It's like, we think it's all about us because yeah. it's affecting it's us. Just ego. It's all about like, no, it's somebody else's other things yeah. they're doing. Correct. They're not ready or they, you know, like we can't, you know, we're, we can't see the blueprint of everybody else's that's life. It. So, you know, that's, that's the other thing. And the thing too, that, that I wanted to say, just based on your experience, you know, at the nail salon is like, you deserve that time. I deserve my massage. Mm. We work hard. We deserve it. It's because we're prioritizing self-care doesn't mean we're not doing something for someone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because it's giving us more energy so, to help other people and work yeah, with other people. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's good when these experiences happen mm. because you know what I realize and what I'm, I'm taught is that I need to continue to invite presence into my life on a regular basis when I am conscientious, when I am powerful, when I am like not having any, any trauma or issues in my brain, which are completely made up, mm. you know, where I need to, be conscious of what I'm eating. Like you said, when you're talking about segmenting your day, I need to go, wait a minute. I can take a deep breath right here. I can invite presence into my life right now. And the more that we do that, the easier it will be to come back to presence mm -hmm. when we are in our minds too much. Yeah. And the less likely we will be to continue to get into those sequences of getting trapped and Absolutely. spiraling out. For me, yeah. it doesn't happen it pulls very you out often, of it. but it does. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when you go, wait, this is the state of being that I want. I want to be present. I want to be here. Mm -hmm. Let me use this as another example. So I was at the restaurant the other night and I manage on uh, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday nights. Okay. And so I'm responsible for all the money and all that kind of stuff. So, um, on this particular evening, we had to, um, do something. We had to, um, set up the restaurant in a way that wasn't normal. It wasn't part of my normal routine. All right. So, and also I'm managing all the staff. So I've got like five staff or whatever, and you know, I'm overseeing that and I'm doing all these other things. Now I, I must've zoned out for a minute and I wasn't present. Okay. Because I could not remember putting the cash in the safe. I just, I had this moment where I got home and I couldn't remember physically doing it. And then I went, wait a minute. I do kind of remember doing it, but I couldn't remember the feel of the key on my finger. 
for example, right? Because I was looking for these triggers to tell myself that I had actually done the job I was meant to do. Okay, so to make a long story short, I ended up going back to see if it was still open, like because there was somebody else that was um, closing the kitchen when I had left. They were gone. So I took some time and I went into um, my visualization and I could see that I had done it. Like I just knew that I had done it, but I had that mind niggling thing in my back of my mind, right? Where it was going, yeah, but what if you are making this up, right? <laughs> oh, men are minds, Michelle. There's this, anyway. So I went at five. 20 in the morning before anyone else was there to double check that I'd done my work properly. And you know what? I had done my, my work properly. I had done it, but I wasn't present for it. And so it kind of goes down to, you know, what we were talking about, how, you know, if you're driving the car, but you're thinking of being somewhere else yeah. or you're, um, you're hanging out with your friends and you're thinking of your reading or you're getting a massage, but you're thinking about something that you said, you know, we miss out on life when we aren't taking the time to be where we are. So, and then I used that story, you know, last week or the week before where I talked about eating green pepper that really, yeah. I was like, probably you tell me. right. So it wasn't paying attention again. Mm. So that's why when we invite moments of presence of med, and this is what meditation can do for you. Um, a grounding, all that kind of stuff that can help us to become more and more and more aware of where we mm. are. And, you know, it's like when you're um, with somebody and that, you know, they're leaving soon. Like, you know, when someone's traveling, my parents are visiting me, let's pretend. Um, so I always normally have a cry somewhere in the middle of their trip because I know that they're going to leave at some point. Mm. And it's super upsetting to me because I don't know when I'm going to see them again. And you know, all that. But when we spend time worrying or contemplating when that inevitable end is going to come, yep. what do we do? We miss out on the moments that are happening now. Mm. And so that's why it is so bloody critical for us to invite presence into our life on a consistent basis. And anytime I spiral out, you know, sometimes it will last for a while. And then I go, wait a minute, I'm in control here. And I do my five, four, three, two, one. I'm not my mind exercise. Um, but I'm reminded again, hey, Lauren, like maybe you haven't been inviting presence into your life often enough. And this is the result of that. So I love, yeah. um, anyway. I love what you're saying there. Yeah. And it reminded me of a party, you know, where you have a gathering and the people that are meant to show up don't show up or, you know, let's say half the people pull out at the last minute or something like that. And I've just been to my, so many gatherings like that where the host is just devastated. You know, we're all there. We're all supporting them. We're like, yeah, we showed up for you. But they're just so focused. And this is pretty common, you know, so focused on the people that didn't show up. They're like, oh, but this person was meant to come and they pulled out and they went to this other thing and so-and-so did this. And, you know, weddings are common. You know, I know I went to a wedding and years and years ago with a couple who are still together and there was a table we were on the singles table or the friends table yeah friends table and um so there was a couple of seats empty and we're like I wonder where those people are you know where are they and uh because they'd RSVP'd and hadn't said that they weren't coming and a pair of them we jumped on socials because um they were part of the same sort of work group one of the girls at the table jumped on socials and here they are planking all around Brisbane City planking remember that where they used to like you make your body really stick yeah. like a surfboard they were planking yeah. around brisbane city while this wedding was happening and their seats were stand, sitting there with like two little plates of food in front of their seats they hadn't they hadn't cancelled they just didn't show up wow did they forget 
No, I don't think so. Because I think Penny messaged them and they're just wow. going, oh, no, um, Penny messaged them and said, where are you? Pretending she hadn't looked on their social media pages. And one of them goes, oh, my mum's sick. And the other one said, my uncle died. So they had an RSVP wow. to say they weren't coming, but then they gave us an excuse going, mum's dead or mum's in hospital and my uncle's dead. Um, yeah, so, and here they are planking all around Brisbane City. So there you go. Um, so that really upset the bride. <laughs> And I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty rubbish. I don't think we ever told her about the planking thing. And I don't know whether she ever discovered that, but you know, it's, it's pretty rubbish. But you know, the, the important thing is that you realize the majority of the people who said they were going to go are there. And I guess it makes you realize who your friends are, you know, and a lot of the time we have to clear out those uh, toxic, you know, energies out of our life. And I guess that was a good opportunity to do that. So yeah, for sure. And like you said, appreciate the people that were there, that, that, the people that you. flew there, that the people that, that, you know, went out of their way to, to make it part of their, their night yeah. and, and yeah. to take time off of their lifespan yeah. to be, yeah. isn't it crazy when you think about things like yeah. that? And, you know, for the other people, if they didn't want to go, they could have just said that they're not free That's it. and that would have been a non-issue. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In the first place, don't RSVP. Don't say you're going. Uh, anyway, yeah. Lauren, um, I'll get off my soapbox now. But, um, you know, I do feel like it's important to recognize the people who show up for you. I do feel like that's really important. 100%. And that's, that's really just what I wanted to say there is that, you know, for me, tomorrow I could be dwelling on the people who didn't show up, the people who pulled out, you know, because of their lurgies and, and things. But I'm going to focus yeah. on the two people who are here and just give them my all you know, because they're the ones yeah. who up and that's what's important. For yeah. Me. Yeah. And you know, all about vibration and vibes oh, yeah. too. So if somebody had come against their better judgment, yep. they would be in their head, not wanting to be there, yep. regretting the decision or the investment or whatever, and would have thrown the energy off of the entire group. Correct. And, you know, so it's, and it's not about you, Correct. which is the main thing. That's good. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, Laura, next podcast, we're going to be talking about our 10 favorite things, I believe, which is uh, super fun. Yeah. So, 10 favorite things. Yeah. Um, we'll be each discussing those, and it could be quite varied, I'm guessing, all different kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're going to choose 10, and I'm going to choose 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. And this is going to be anything from our pro favorite products or recipes or anything that we're doing in our life. Um, Cause Michelle and I both like look gorgeous. Like we're 20, oh, but yeah. we're not, we're a bit older. So like, is there anything that we're using in particular? I can tell you there's something that I use on my skin that I will tell you all about next week, which is a, a, a massive thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I always loved Oprah's shows, which was like Oprah's favorite things. I used oh, to watch, yeah. watch that when I was in high school. It was the best and people won her favorite things. That was always the show that you really wanted to go to. Mm. Although they never, you never knew what show you were going to. You just bought a ticket and then the show that you were going to, you found out at the time. Yes. Um, yeah. But I just thought, I love listening to episodes. Um, you know, that episode we did with Megan with beauty in the business, yes. listening to her favorite products and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I she turned ones. me on to some amazing makeup in that episode that I, I bought and still use to this day and swear by. Mm. So yeah, looking forward Good to tips. that episode. Yay. Well, that has been the business in the front. Party in the back. Podcast. Podcast. If you loved what you heard this week, then uh, you would be very um, smart and very intelligent. 
and uh, very good looking probably as well um, because you know you have excellent taste so congratulations on that uh, and well done now if that is you then please uh, tell everyone about it share you know uh, let people know also if you have any ideas for us as well we like to talk about what you want to hear about and want to um, have discussion about so uh, please keep uh, up to date with us on socials we are very um, prominent there on Facey and also Instagram and a few other um, various sites Pinterest we've got a Pinterest page but if you weren't so much of a fan or weren't really um, biting off what we were um, giving out today then uh, what should they do Lauren try another episode okay excellent uh, thank you so much yeah. and they're all different I'll talk to you next week for our 10 favorite things yes yes thank you talk to you then girl